0: to the church at Thessalonica. How many there say, oh my goodness. Well, 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 ain't that wonderful. I'll tell you what, this too shall pass, this cold weather. Amen. I'll tell you what, it's making me look forward to spring, amen. amen. Seemed like it's something I was supposed to announce and I can't remember what it is. Anybody, oh, oh, Brother Gooden, having choir practice tonight. Kids, be at pra- choir practice tonight, okay? All right, let's get right at it, so, uh, so we can go home and watch John Wayne. Oh. Nah, I don't watch him, he drinks too much. Amen. He kills people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm Andre, hey man, some of you just lost your man. If you don't like John Wayne, I don't like him. <laughs> Anyway, don't worry about it. Amen. All right, we're going to read the first chapter, and uh, then we'll read a little bit of the second chapter, and then I'll tell you why I'm going to preach on what I'm going to preach on. Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus, how many thinks I ought to preach the Bible? How many hopes I ought to preach the Bible? Amen. Hopes I, do the Bible? Amen. Amen. I think I ought to do too. Paul and Sylvanus and Timotheus, under the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessed statement that is. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. We talked about that last week. Their faith, and then it said, the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounded. Isn't that good? When the charity can abound toward each other in the church. Amen. I think you got to love people and really mean it. Unfeigned love of the brethren. Amen? Amen. I tell you right now, you'll know that we've passed from death unto life. Why? Because we love the brethren. You say, well, I don't like some of them. Well, I don't, you know, that's okay, but you gotta love them. That means you endure, kind, you know, suffer, suffer long with them. God knows. righty. verse four, so that we ourselves glory in you and the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. One of the background settings you need to get in this church as a young church here was suffering a lot of persecution. I mean, they were under the fire, they were under the pressure, They were under trouble, they were under tribulation. Keep that in mind in the tone and so forth that they're writing. And keep in mind that first Thessalonians, Paul lets us know that they had some people coming in there preaching false doctrine to them, telling them that they had missed the rapture of the church and so forth. And it makes them all up about eschatology, taking their hope and their peace away from them and their comfort. Satan wants to do that to you. God wants you to rest in him. And then he said in verse number five, we preached on this last week, which is a manifest token of the righteous, here it is, judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. Seeing is what he wants them to see. It is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. We preached on the vengeance of God and the, the peace and comfort you can have when you give vengeance to God and quit trying to take care of it yourself. And then verse 7 to you who are troubled, do what? Have a fit and worry and let, turn over and over again to bed night. What? Rest. rest. Jesus said, Come unto me and I will give you rest. I'm telling you something. All you got to do is watch the stupid news. Yes. And I said that on purpose. Stupid news. All they want to do is make you worry, fret, go, oh no, did you read that? Did you hear that? Oh no, I didn't think it could get any worse. And you just, they just want you to not have no peace. I'm telling you in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, you and I can have peace and rest in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is going to take care of it. He is taking care of it and I don't need to be worried about it. I'm just going to skip my way onto heaven. Amen. And when I have to fight, I'll fight, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to smile while I fight if I can. Amen. I, you know, that's what the whole deal is. He said, now, do you who are troubled, rest with us. And he said, here's why you can rest. There's going to come a time when the Lord Jesus Christ shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, taking, there's what we preached on last week, vengeance on them that know not God. If you're not saved today, the vengeance of God is against you and will come upon you in due time. You need to get saved. It said there and on and then that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know God because you don't know Jesus Christ and you've not obeyed the gospel, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, that's the gospel. He died in your place for your sin, shed his blood, rose from the dead. You can be saved by faith in him, amen. Amen. And you don't do that, and it's free, it's a gift. And if you don't receive that, there's nothing more God can do for you and you're headed to hell, you will suffer the vengeance. Jesus suffered the vengeance for you. But if you won't accept that, then there's nothing left for you except the vengeance of God. And you're not gonna escape. There ain't a hole deep enough in the ground for you to get out of. But anyway, and by the way, that's a happy gospel. I'm just happy I'm saved. I'm happy to serve God. I'm happy for the word of God. Don't make me sour. Amen. Joy of the Lord is my strength, amen. I'm not mad at God. That's right. What God does is right. Every time. Now he said in verse number nine, these that obey not the gospel said they should be punished with everlasting destruction. You go to hell, it's forever. From the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. You'll be banished from that forever. Now verse number 10, when he shall come, and here's what he's coming for. Number one, he's coming to exercise vengeance upon a Christ-rejecting world. But next, his coming purpose is to be glorified in his saints. So I think we ought to practice a little bit. He's coming back. Amen. Amen. And we need to glorify our Savior. We need to praise our Savior. We need to, I I didn't come to church to play church. I come to worship the King. I come to worship Christ, my Savior, my Redeemer, my Owner. And I'll tell you what, I want to glorify him in my life. I know I'm sorry as dirt. I mean, I should have been in hell, but if I can, by his grace, I want to glorify my father in heaven. He said, when he shall come to be glorified in the saints. I want to ask ask yourself, is God being glorified in and through your life? Then he said to be admired, amen. Hey, I don't admire that Hollywood crowd. I don't admire the Grand Ole Opry crowd. I admire God. Amen. I admire Jesus Christ. Amen. He came and died for me. Lived a sinless life. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you, nobody like him in this world. I will tell you who my hero is: it's Jesus. Amen. He's the one. I admiration imitation is the greatest form of admiration. Who you're imitating tells me who you admire. Amen. And if we want to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ, it speaks that we want to admi- that we admire Him. Amen. I admire Him. Yes. He loved me while I was yet a sinner. Amen. Forgave me of my sins, paid my sin debt. Some of you think I'm just hollering. I'm preaching, amen. amen. Some of you have been to church so long you're deaf as a dumb dog, dog. You say, is that in the Bible? That's in the Bible. The yes. Bible said to blind dogs that can't hear in the bark. Come Wolf comes up on the sheep and the dog sits there and looks at him. Yeah. You've heard the gospel so much you can't hear it no more. You hear truth. You come to church, look around, see who's here. Yeah. What they're wearing. If they had a haircut in the past two, three weeks. Yeah. You need to listen to God. Yeah. If you came to worship God, get your ear open. Say, God, speak to me. Says, we ought to be praying while I'm preaching. God, talk to me. I didn't come to church waste my time. Yeah. i to tell you, he said you come to come be admired and all that. I want to ask you do you admire him today? Yeah. Do you admire him? Yeah. Do you admire Jesus? Yeah. Who do you admire this morning? Your Bible says right there, he's coming to be glorified and admired in his saints. Amen. Boy, God spoke to me through this this week. Reggie, who do you admire? Who do you admire? I, I want to tell you something. I'm not admiring Donald Trump or Joe Biden or any of the rest of them. I'm admiring Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the one who's going to fix this thing. Amen. Amen. I'm not admiring Hollywood and all that crowd. And I'm not admiring some Miley Cyrus singer. That will a puke. Yeah. Amen. Puke. Amen. That's I'd say some of you make this world crowd, you admire them. You ought to go out and just vomit that stuff out of your soul and get get the right one to admire. Amen. You say you ought to be ashamed. No, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of my Lord Jesus Christ. I got tired of that about 41 years ago. And I'm not ashamed of who I admire. You'll put their posters up on your bedroom wall, but you won't put Jesus, scripture up on your wall. You're afraid somebody see it. You're a sissy. You're a coward. You're the devil's puppet. That's what you are. Yes sir, you ought to make up your mind, Give, at least figure out whose side you're on about this thing. I tell you, I knew I felt good, amen, amen, I feel good. I'll tell you, I prayed the Holy Ghost to help me and he's helping me, amen. Now some of you pray, verse number 11 says, Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. Amen, that's pleasure in serving God. Amen. In fact, the Bible said pleasure forevermore Amen. in serving God. Psalm 1611, and the work of faith with power. Now I want you to watch verse number 12, and the Holy Ghost lifted this out to me this week, is what I'm gonna preach on. Now chapter two is about the Antichrist, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible on the subject of the Antichrist in chapter two. And I, I got a message ready to roll, but I'm gonna preach it tonight. And here's the reason. Because God don't mention the Antichrist in chapter two till he's mentioned the Lord Jesus Christ in chapter one. Amen. And I think God to stay in the same sequence the Holy Ghost does. Amen. I'll tell you something, I'm not want to preach to exalt the Antichrist, I want to exalt Jesus Christ. And here's what he's fixing to do with these people. He is reminding them of who is their savior. Now watch this thing, he says, that the name, that the name, that the name, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, three names may be glorified in you. Amen. Now watch this, and ye in him, yes. according to the grace of our God, and that's just short the truth, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you notice that in that one verse, he says the phrase, Lord Jesus Christ, twice. What is he doing with these people? You know what he's telling them? you got a lot of trouble going on in your life, a lot of persecution, a lot of tribulation, all kinds of things going wrong. And it's not easy. You're suffering. But you know what's going to fix you and hold you and sustain you in the midst of all this suffering? The Lord Jesus Christ. And there's a meaning in those names. Did you ever wonder what it means, when his name is Lord Jesus Christ. Why does the Bible call him that? That's what I want to preach on today. Now, first of all, the name Lord. The name Lord. I, if I had that board up here, I'd write down the name Lord. The Lord means, it speaks of His sovereign. That's His sovereign name. You need to know something about God. God is sovereign. That, that word sovereign comes from two words. Sovereign. That means He reigns over everything. Amen. He is God Almighty. He is sovereign and he, do, he doesn't ask me or you or anybody else what He's going to do or what He has permission to do it. He is sovereign Almighty God. That Bible said there was, by the way, sovereign means, the Lord means He's the owner. Yeah. He's the possessor. He is the master. He is the, he's the owner of things. Do you know what in Christianity nowadays, you've got this attitude that Jesus is supposed to be. You just want Jesus, but you don't want the Lord. Yeah. You want Jesus, but you don't want the Lord. Let me just tell you this this morning. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he says that twice. Now this would encourage these people, and here's why. It means on it, Psalms 24 verse one says, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You know who owns this place? God owns it. Amen. Did you know who's got title lead to it? Jesus Christ owns it. Amen. Amen. The earth is his footstool. Amen. Amen. Heaven is his throne. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10, 26 and 28, that Jesus Christ said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He owns this mud ball yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. and he owns everything on it. Yes. He owns it by creation, right? And by redemption, right? In Genesis chapter 14, Abram was face to face with the king of Sodom and the old king of Sodom tried to pull one like the devil tries to pull. He says, i tell you what, Abram, you take the possessions and give me the people. And oh, Abraham said, no deal. He said, in fact, I won't even take a thread off of the shoe latchet off you, lest you should say that I made Abram rich. He said, I'm gonna lift up my hand to the most high God and the possessor of heaven and earth. And Abraham said, you ain't buying me off. He said, you don't know nothing anyway. You're just a little toad sitting on a, on a guy pile down here called Sodom, a little rot hole. You don't own this place, buddy, so you can't give it to me, amen. I'm going to tell you something, listen to me. Well, the day you understand that God has a right to you, that you're a purchased possession of his, that you don't belong to yourself, this is called the principle of ownership in the Bible, it's going to be a great day. And I'm telling you something, I'm glad the one who owns me is the Lord of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. In fact, twice in the book of Genesis chapter 14, Abram says, I lift up my hand unto the most high God. He said, he's the one that owns me, You don't. I wonder today, can you honestly raise up your hand to the most high God and say, you own me, the devil doesn't, the world don't own me, I don't even claim to own myself, God owns me. Amen. He said that twice to him. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 9, we see the Lord, the sovereign name of God. Wherefore, listen to this, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, that every knee shall bow and call him what? Lord, to the glory of God the Father, the exact same thing that's in this passage of scripture. I'm saying this to you that at Jesus' name, the Lord Jesus' name is above every name that ever was and ever will be, amen. I'm telling you right now, Thomas, you know what Thomas said? When he stuck his hands in the side of Jesus, he said, my Lord and my God, amen. Lord is his sovereign name. It's just, Jesus is not just some religious leader. He's the Lord. Amen. He's God Almighty. Amen. In Revelation, John chapter 13 and verse number 13, Jesus said, you call me master and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. Amen. 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 He didn't deny it. No. He said, you call me master and Lord. He said, you say, well, he said, when you say that, you're doing good. Amen. Because he said, I am. He's the great I am, amen. In Revelation 19, he's called the king of kings and the Lord of lords, amen. In Revelation 17, 14, the Bible said, the lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, amen. He owns us by creative right. I tell you what, he created us, he owns us, amen. But he also owns us by redemptive right. He redeemed me. That word redeemed means he bought you out of the slave market of sin with his own blood. The Bible said, for as much as you know that you were not bought with uh, uh, things as silver and gold by the vain conversation of your fathers, but we bought you with the precious blood of Christ, with the Lamb of God without blemish and without spot. God redeemed us. God bought us. We belong to him. He said, you're not yourselves. You're bought with a price. Therefore, what? Glorify God. Amen. God spoke to me this week and said, Reggie, I want you to quit glorifying yourself. Reggie, I want that church to glorify me. I don't want you glorifying Liberty Faith Church. I want you glorifying Jesus. Did you know why a lot of preachers want to see people saved? Because it makes them feel glorious. They can go tell somebody, oh, we had somebody saved. They're trying to get glory by the very saving of Jesus Christ of other people. We ain't nothing but a bunch of thieves and robbers if we ain't careful. The glory belongs to God, Amen. But I'm saying to you this also: that in Psalms 138. Now, hang on to your hat and tighten your seatbelt up. The Bible said in Psalms 138, verse number two: Thou hast magnified Thy word above Thy name. You know what that means? You better. Treat This book with respect. You better be reverent toward this book. You better stand up and salute. You better be obedient to this book. God says, I put this book above my name, and my name is above every name that is named. We need some respect for the word of God. Quit acting like you can take it and leave it. You ain't gonna take it and leave it at judgment. I'm telling you right now, we need a submissive, obedient, happy heart to serve God. Somebody says, well, I don't want to be under bondage. Well, get saved then. I'm saved. I ain't under bondage. I'm free. I've been set free by Jesus. Amen. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Bible talks about where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. I'll tell you, I'm not in the bondage of this world. I'm not scared of this world. I'm not afraid of this world. I don't care what they think, what they like, what they don't like. I'm concerned about what God knows about me. And I, Lord, to serve him because I love him, amen. not because I feel like I have to, amen. 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 Thou'st magnified thy word above all thy name. Well, his Lord is his sovereign name, and then Jesus is his saving name. <laughs> He's got it all covered, amen. he got it all covered. Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. He, to Paul said, now listen, he said, you don't need to be troubled. He said, because of who you're serving. And you don't need to be troubled this morning because of who you're serving. Amen. We serve the Lord, he's sovereign. Yes. Jesus, he's the savior. Matthew chapter one, verse 21 says, she shall bring forth a son. Huh, by the way, that's male. Amen. 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 A son. Amen. A son. Amen. A son. Oh, some of you out there, you're so liberal. You've been so washed out. You, you're, you're such a feminist. Some of you feminists need to repent. All, all my, you think all men are male chauvinists and all that kind of junk, and I know we're a sorry lot, but I'm going to tell you, I'm still a male. Amen? amen. amen. I'm trying to cool your amen off, but I ain't doing a very good job of it. I thought I'd get half of you to quit saying amen right there. He's a male. He's a man. Away with this garbage. Gender neutral. (laughs) Make me sick, make God sick, amen. Oh, you're attacking God with that junk. That's what you're doing. You said, well, you shouldn't have such an attitude toward him. Well, tell God about it. He's the one that said it. Amen. 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 And thou shalt call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people. From their sin, amen. amen. Jesus is, the, uh, Lord is his sovereign name. Jesus is his saving name. Acts chapter four, verse number 12, listen to it. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other, name among, uh, uh, none other name under heaven given among men whereby they must be saved. Somebody said one time to me uh, after a funeral I preached. Said the Bible never says nowhere that you uh, that you you got that you must be saved. I said it does too. Acts chapter four, verse number twelve. Must be saved. Exactly says that you must be saved. What that means? You must be born again. Being born again is being saved. Being saved. Being born again. Place your faith in Christ. Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. John 3, 17 said, For God sent not a Son in this world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Yeah. Saved, amen. I like that song, saved, saved, saved by the blood of the Lamb, amen. Redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. Acts 16, 31, Paul said, To answer that old flipping jailer, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, have to and then go get baptized and then join a the church and then try to do better and make sure you don't mess up. He didn't say that to him. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, amen. Boy, I like that word saved, amen. A lot of people act like, we're going to make a commitment. No, we're get saved, amen. <laughs> So I'm going to change direction. No, I want to get saved. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, the worse you look at me, the happier I'll preach. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you something. I believe in being saved. Jesus Christ is a savior. His name, Jesus, speaks of his saving people, his power to save. Romans 5, 9 said, much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Hebrews 7, 25, I like this one. Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. It's Jesus, a saving name. Now, you said, why has he got that saving name? Well, he's got that name Jesus as a saving name because of his character. He's a sinless, holy son of God. Ain't nobody like Jesus. He never sinned in thought, word, deed, motive, action, or no other way. The Bible said he was holy. He was harmless. He was undefiled. He was separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. 1 Peter 1, 18 says again, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, which you received by vain conversation by your fathers, but with the precious blood, blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish without spot. He's my God appointed perfect sinless sacrifice that could bear my sins on the cross and he did. But he's a saving savior named Jesus because of his cross. Not just because of his character, but he had to be sinless but also he's a saving Savior because of the cross. The Bible said he reconciled us through his blood on the cross. Galatians 6 says that God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross by which the world's crucified unto me and I unto the world. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the preaching of the cross is to them which perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved is the power of God. Amen. I tell you, it's the name of Jesus that is associated with the cross of Calvary. It is not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not anybody else. It's Jesus that's associated with the cross. And the name Jesus, is it. he's put on the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. He's also our Savior by his concern. Nobody ever cared for me like Jesus. And nobody ever cared for you like Jesus cares for you. I tell you, before I was saved, he cared for me. After I got saved, when I was saved, he was caring for me. And this morning while I'm preaching, he's still caring for me. I'll tell you what, I believe he's saying, God, he ain't much good, but we're gonna use him, amen. I believe he still cares about me. I believe God still cares. And God cares about you. He's concerned. The Bible said, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, amen. I'm gonna tell you, listen to me this morning. This world doesn't care if you die and go to hell. This world doesn't care if the world cuts your throat and throws you in the ditch. They could care less. But I'll tell you, somebody cares for you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, when your car breaks, down he cares for you when the cow dies he still cares for you i've lived 70 years of life and i've worked and all this stuff and i've been and everything but maybe but one thing i've always seen is that god cares for me and i want you to know today he cares for you i tell you, his name is jesus amen he didn't want me to go to hell He didn't want me to live a worthless life wasted. He cares about you, amen. You say, well, why don't he do something about this? Oh, he will someday. Hang in there, amen. Just let him have his time and his patience with you. But I'm saying this, when I was my advocate this morning, he's advocating for me. He's my interceder, my great high priest between God and man. The Bible said, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I just wish people could get it, but you know what we really want? We want to get to a place where we don't need Jesus care. That's where this world wants to be. I want to tell you brother Terry I want to be right smack in the middle of where I need him all the time. That's what I want to be. Satan, Peter I tell you I love old Peter. He reminds me of myself. He's always running off his mouth before he thought about it and saying stuff that he couldn't get done. But I tell you what I always always remember when Jesus was talking to the disciples or to the ladies he said you go tell the disciples and then they said this and Peter what in the world did he do that for? Because Peter was the one that had just denied him. Just done, you know what I believe? If I'd been Peter with Josh, I said, God will never mess with me again. Yep. I told him I'd stand by him through death. And it wasn't two hours later I denied him and cursed and said I didn't know him. And I imagine God's done with me. And some of you may out there today and you're sitting here, and nobody in this church house knows it but you, but you think God's done with you. Can I tell you something? God's not done with you. Amen. God wasn't done with Peter. And I'll tell you, I believe Peter said, I go fishing. I'll tell you what I made a mess of I try to serve God, try to obey the Lord, and I made a mess of it. And when Jesus told him to go to the table, he said, you go tell the disciples, and be sure you tell Peter that I still care for him. I'll tell you, I'm glad as a preacher, when I have fallen and messed up and done that which I said I would never do, I'm glad that God said you go tell Reg. I still care about him. You yes. and I, when he's messed up, and when he's said and done the worst, and when he's done that which he thought he would never do, I'm sorry and low down and wicked and worthless. Jesus said, "Still tell Reggie. I still care for him. Yes, yes. I want you to know something today. God still cares about you. Yes, he does. You ain't gotten a place where God don't care about you." Amen. You'll never have a time when God approves of your sin. But I tell you one thing, he still cares about you. Jesus is a name that expresses his character. It expresses his concern. And I'm telling you right now, we know what he said. Satan hath desired to have thee, Peter, but what? I have prayed for thee. I'll be honest with you, that's where I feel like I'm at today in my life. Can I tell you something? This is not going to be when you're a young preacher. God's going to try, the devil's going to try to tear you up. Oh, no. He's going to try to get you going a few years. You know, and everybody knows you're a preacher, and you said this, and you said that, and all. you preached this, and you preached that, and then he's going to come. Because he knows he can do more damage. The wider your ministry, the greater damage he can do. And I'm telling you something. I'm glad he told Peter. Peter, Satan, desired to have you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. I want to tell you something. Nobody, you can talk about caring for somebody that Jesus Christ prayed for him, he intercedes for him, You need to get this down today. He cares about you individually. I don't care whether you got a headache, a neck ache, or big toes, got bunions on it. He still cares for you today. Amen. I am telling you, he really honestly cares for you. Don't let the devil ever cheat you out of that. But his name is Jesus because of the second coming. Jesus is coming again. Amen. He is coming in the clouds of glory. He's coming for his saints and with his saints, and we'll talk tonight about that. But I think about this. This same Jesus whom you've seen go up into heaven is going to come again. Yeah. The same Jesus. You see my salvation is not just saving me from the penalty of sin but it's someday going to save me from the presence of sin. He's going to take me out of this world. Give me a new glorified body. Amen. And his name is Jesus which speaks of his saving power and he's going to come again. But let me say that, uh, number five that Jesus is a savior in his coronation. Uh, I'm telling you something. I'm looking forward to the crowning of the king. Amen. The Bible said in Romans Revelation chapter 19, that on his head were many crowns. Well, where in the world did he get all them crowns at? I can tell you where he got them at. In Revelation chapter 4, at, that's at the rapture of the church, and we go up to the judgment seat of Christ, and there's five crowns that you can win in serving the Lord. Do you know what I honestly believe with all my heart? And I believe the Bible teaches this, that we'll, if we get a crown, we'll take that crown, and we'll go before the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll give him our crown, because if it hadn't been for his mercy, hadn't been for his grace, hadn't been been for his keeping power, hadn't been for his blood, hadn't been for him, we wouldn't be there, amen. And I tell you, if anything, we owe it all to Jesus Christ. And that's why in Revelation 19, it said they had many crowns upon his head. I tell you, they can stack them up on me as far as I'm concerned, amen. Because he's worthy to be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords, amen. I'm going to tell you something, the first time they put a crown of thorns on him and they mocked him, but I'm telling you, when he comes again, he's going to have a crown of glory upon him and they're not going to to mock him then, cause he gonna wipe the devil and his crowd out, amen. They're gonna sing all oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels first prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all, amen. Someday, someday the man that we came to worship this morning, we're gonna see the world crown him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. What was Paul telling them? Don't worry about your troubles. Don't worry about your problems. Don Zinn, if you're listening, and I know you're not because the internet's down, I don't think the devil wanted this message out, but it's that God will take care of it. But I'm going to tell you something. Someday, Don, you won't be in this old broken bone body. You'll have a new glorified body. I know sometimes things are rough and tough, but truth about it is, every one of us ought to be running circles around the pews today because we live in America and we got some health, we got some food on our table, and we're not living in a grass hut. Amen. How many of you got a little heat in your house? Right. Yeah. How many got a blanket or two? Yeah. How many got some winter clothes to wear? Yeah. How many got a little food to eat? Yeah. And the light's still on your house? Yeah. Hey, you gotta say, God, I thank you for being so good to me, amen, yeah. amen. I'll tell you what, I'm so sick of this spoiled, I you, this this spoiled rotten American culture makes God sick. Yeah. We're not thankful for anything. We think we're entitled to everything. Can't shout. Can't sing. Can't be happy about nothing. No wonder he said a revelation. I'll vomit him out. Yeah. Yeah. Spew him out of my mouth. Can't make him happy. Can't make him happy. Well, Lord is his sovereign name. Jesus is his saving name. Then it's Christ. Mm. That's his sufficient name. Lord is his Sovereign name Jesus is his saving name, Christ is his sufficient name. You listen to me in the Old Testament, there were three offices prophet, priest, and king. All of those had to have an anointing from the man of God, from God, actually. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all three of those offices. And you and I to have, watch this, a sufficient life must have prophet, priest, and king. And when we have our prophet and priest and king, we can have a sufficient life. There's nothing that we need that he will not provide for us. And as Messiah, Christ is the word for anointed one, the Messiah that was prophesied to come. He's our prophet, he's our priest, he's our king. A prophet knows the future, he knows the past, He knows all about the present. I have a very limited view of life and time and what's going on. Be honest with you, if he doesn't see everything around me, I don't see anything, but he's my prophet. He has told me about the future. He's told me what's gonna happen. He's told me what to prepare. He's told me what's in eternity. He has told me how to be saved. He has (laughs) prophesied to me of himself through this Bible, and I need to know that his word is always true, and it will be sufficient for me for all eternity. Yes. but he's not only the revealer of the prophet, he's the righteous priest. Man live this morning, as I said, he's my advocate. He's my intercessor before the throne of God. Brother, I'll tell you something that excites me. And I'll tell you what, when I look back to the Old Testament, see that temple system, that tabernacle and the priest, here comes the family with the blood and they bring the lamb. And they kill that lamb and they drain the blood into a vessel and he goes into the high priest, goes in there and sprinkles the blood around where the Bible told him to. My Lord Jesus is both the offer and the offering. He's the high priest and the lamb. And the Bible said he took his own blood into the most holy place of the true tabernacle in heaven and sprinkled, watch this, his blood on the mercy seat. And by that, I have access to God. He is my prophet. He's told me the future. He is my priest. His blood has atoned for my sin. But I'm telling you, he's the coming king, amen. And I'm telling you right now, my Messiah is not just a, a savior. He's not just a sovereign, but he is a prince, amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, his salvation is sufficient. I want to tell you, just preach this and we're going to let you out. I want to preach just a little bit about the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. He is all I need. Amen. I can do without everything else, but I'm telling you, I can't do without him. He is, the Bible said, my all and in all. And I'm glad today that the name Lord, Sovereign, Jesus, Savior, Christ, sufficiency is everything I need in this life. He's what I need when I wake up in the morning. He gives me sufficient air to breathe. And until he calls me home, he's going to do that. But I'm telling you, his salvation is sufficient i'd hate to have salvation I could lose because if I could I would right I mean would his salvation is sufficient it's sufficient to the father it's sufficient to the son it's sufficient to the holy spirit bill there 's nothing He said, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. My salvation in Christ, my Messiah, my my Prince is sufficient. What else are you going to add to it? The blood is sufficient. It's all I need. It's all I'll ever need. For eternity, I can always turn back to the blood. The sufficiency of my salvation is in my Savior, my Messiah. But not only sufficient, his grace is sufficient. Oh, I tell you what, man, I mean, how many times have I wanted to turn tail and run? And he said, No, I'm going to give you a little more grace. Uh-huh. Everything you need is just more grace, amen. You don't need to turn your tail and run, you don't need to quit, you don't need to get discouraged. His grace is sufficient for thee. Paul said, He said, I besought the Lord thrice. He said, I had a thorn in my flesh. And three times I sought God about it. You know what God said? My grace is sufficient for the Brother, I'm going to tell you something. Don's in. Boy, I like him. He's, he's honest with you. He said, Reggie, this ain't no fun. My da- Van said my dad told him one time that it's not the golden years. It's the, what, rusty. the rusty years. <laughs> the, the joints quit working. But I'm just going to say something kind of blunt and not real pleasant to you today that Don mentioned to me this morning. I, I I don't like the thought of somebody having to change my diaper. That shut you down, didn't it? I don't like the thought of somebody having to come and help me out of bed and take me over to the bathroom. I ain't looking forward to that. And I don't know about you. Karen said to me the other day, she said, I think it'd be good just to go quick. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know about that, that's up to God. That's right. But I'm gonna say this, and Don was talking to me this morning, because you know you could tell, he's, he said, Reggie, I can't do nothing for myself, aren't yeah. I? He said, it's frustrating. But i tell you something I believe. I watched my dad <coughs> In his closing days, and Van would know a lot more about this than I would, and especially my mother. But Van, there's one thing I can say about dad and mom both. That God's grace was sufficient for him. His grace was sufficient. God's grace is going to be sufficient for you no matter what happens in your life. Friends forsake you, his grace will be sufficient. Your health goes to pot. His grace is going to be... God never wastes grace on people. He gives it to you when you need it. That's right. He'll give his grace. Right. You say, what are you preaching about? I'm preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. that his sufficiency as my Savior and my Messiah and my King is sufficient for me. I'm grateful that his, his sufficiency takes care of our food. Yes. I'll have enough food till I die. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll have enough air till I die, right? I'm telling you, his sufficiency in provision, his sufficiency is my friend. The thing that bothers me right now, that hinders me from coming to the throne of grace, is my own life. Yeah. Yes, I'm like, I went into my study this morning and I, I realized I really need to get on my knees, and pray. But I just, I just felt like, Lord, don't you get tired of me confessing sin. Don't you get tired of my failure, of my unchrist-likeness? Lord, is it okay if I talk to you today?? And I had to go back to the book of his sufficiency as my Messiah. He ever liveth to make intercession. That sweet voice from heaven, that if thou shalt confess, if we confess our faults one to another, if we confess our sin, yeah. he is faithful. Yeah. That means every time, every time, every time, yeah. every time, yeah. every time, yeah. every time, yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Does anybody beside me get to wondering, want to go, Lord, is by, I, I, have I just messed up too many times? Yeah. Do you ever feel, is, is it my flesh or is it Satan saying, Reggie, you know God, he's just done with you. Yeah. At your age, you ought to be past that. Yeah. You ought to be where you don't do these stupid things. You don't think these stupid thoughts. Right. Then I have to go back to this book and, and I'm going to say this to you. This book is sufficient Amen. to my walk with God. Amen. That's why the devil don't want you reading it. This book is sufficient it's truth is sufficient to sustain you, to hold you in the storm, to stabilize you in, in the fire. I'm telling you the sufficiency of our Savior. His life, I'm telling you His love is sufficient. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us. Not that we love God. Amen but that he loved us and sent his son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Let me tell you, his love is sufficient to me this morning. The Bible said he loves me with an everlasting love. But I'm going to tell you something, people can turn away from you and walk off you out of your life. Like, I mean, it's not not blinking eye. And you wonder what in the world happened. But I tell you, God's never turned his back on me, never, never walked away from me. Every morning of my life, I've got up, he's still there, still loves me, still cares about me, knows my failure, knows I'm but dust. I know it knows I'm nothing. I'm telling you, I'm glad for the sufficiency of God's love in my life. And I'm so glad God's sufficient. When I needed a prophet, he was sufficient. When I needed a priest, he is sufficient. And when I need a prince, he's sufficient. Amen. Amen. Brother, I'm going to tell you, Lord, infinite emphasizes his power. Jesus emphasizes his person. Yeah. Christ emphasizes his position. As a Lord, he's a sovereign. As a Jesus, he's a savior. As Christ, he's sufficient. And I'm telling you this morning, we ought to praise his blessed holy name because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know what you may be going through this morning. My dad used to say, you know, people say, yeah, i But he said, that's my troubles. I don't know about your troubles, but you know, your troubles are big to you. They're important to you. They're painful to you sometimes. And And God wants you to know today that he is sufficient to the needs of your life. And I want to encourage you to cast all your care upon him. Why? Because he does care for you. I hope you came to church to worship him this morning. I want to ask you today, is he your sovereign? You don't want a sovereign. You just want a savior. I don't want anybody to tell me how to live. I just want a savior to keep me out of hell. I'm not sure he can have that way. I'm not getting into lordship salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm going to tell you something. That's his name, Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he is. Do you have him this morning? Is he your sovereign? Is he your savior? And is he your sufficiency? What do you do when there's no money in the bank? Yeah. Is he your yeah. sufficiency? What do you do when you're dying? Man, I walked out the door and my dad was in the hospital there. and Everybody else had gone and out. We were headed to Colorado and I talked to him. I said, Dad, I'll, I'll stay if you want me to stay. He said, no, you go on with that family. He said, I'll be home time you get back. I said, I'm doing better. When I got the door, I turned around, and I just, I love you, Daddy. And he said, I love you, too, son. That was the last time I ever spoke to my dad. But Christ was sufficient to my daddy when his pastor wasn't there. Are you listening to me? I want you to know something. Christ is sufficient when you're dying. By the way, he'll be sufficient when you're judged. And he's your every sufficiency that you need. I hope hope we know that. I hope, let me just tell you, your possessions are not your sufficiency. They can evaporate like thin air. Your health is not your sufficiency it can be gone in a moment. I pray that you'll be healthy and wealthy if that's not gonna ruin you. (laughs) But I want you to know, when you die, When you go into eternity, his grace, his sovereignty, his Savior, his Prince, he will be sufficient to our life. I love you. That's my message to you today. I can't believe I got done before noon. Isn't that amazing? Boy, i tell you what. Don Zen would have been proud of me, brother.